On today's Locked on Thunder, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder recapping still that Clippers game, talking about Darius Baisley, though, and how he's, his future is impacted. But also, the Thunder have released brand new uniforms with their first ever alternate court. When can you see that court in action? What does it look like? How are we feeling about the alternate court and City Edition uniforms? And then, on Friday, the Oklahoma City Blue play. So what to look forward to as the G League begins to ramp up. All of that and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your Styles. You can follow me over on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can also follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod and email the show L-O-Thunderpod.com and go check out thunderousintentions.com where I am the editor-chief over there at thunderousintentions.com. On today's show. Brought to you by McDonald's, which is serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I am loving it. We're going to dive into Darius Baisley, his future with the team, his season so far. It's been a pretty wild one. And then we'll talk about the Thunder New City Edition jerseys and also the Oklahoma City Blue starting their season and why you should pay attention to the blue this year, but we mentioned it yesterday. There was no Darius Baisley talk on the recap podcast. I left that all for Josh Skiddy, for SGA, for all the other players on the Thunder on the recap podcast. Which you can go listen to on YouTube or wherever else you get podcasts from. For making Lock on Thunder a daily listen for you, subscribe for free on all platforms. For free on all platforms, subscribe and follow the show. That way you never miss an episode. Yesterday though. We talked all about that game as a whole. And I mentioned yesterday, I would preview from Baisley content because you've gotten plenty of it for this podcast for the last few months. But we do have to address it today. So you did get a break, but today we need to talk about Darius Baisley. With this game against the Clippers, Baisley showed you why he's such a polarizing player and why you can look at Baisley and come up with a multitude of conclusions. You can be in the camp that is sick of Baisley, sick of his minutes, and doesn't think he's a good basketball player. You can be in the camp that thinks that there's still a lot of potential there. And that's what's most frustrating for most people is that there's no consistency. Even within this Clippers game, you can clip out plays where he shows flashes of being a really good quality NBA player. But in that same game, you can find clips that show you flashes that make you think that he is one of the worst players in the league. And last week against the Lakers, he's had one of the best games of his career, if not the very best game of his career. And he follows it up with a terrible game on Saturday. And at best, a below average game on, on Monday, but most would say a bad game Monday. And it presents an interesting dilemma when talking about this team every single day because you have a very vocal 
majority that don't like Baisley, don't want him to get minutes. They're sick and tired of, of him playing. But you have a team with the Thunder who are not going to bench Baisley. They've picked up his contract option for next year. He has this year to prove to them what kind of player he is. Now, he could prove to them that he's a bad player, but he still has this year. They're not going to cut him this year. Uh, there's no real trade value. It's not really going to trade him this year. They're not going to bench him this year. And he's not going to be somebody that you go to the blue. So as of right now, on November 3rd, the only kind of feeling you can have towards Baisley is that he's still going to play. He's going to play a lot of minutes. Uh, maybe he eventually doesn't start, but he still plays a lot for the Thunder. So just screaming every day to get him out of town isn't very productive on November 3rd, right? We still have, we still have more than... 72 games, which was the which was the entire season last year. We still have more than 72 games to talk about every single day. So to me, that doesn't feel very productive. But I do understand the Baisley fatigue. I do understand the polarizing nature of Darius Baisley. In this game, I think that he defended Paul George very well until Paul George became a superstar. And that's what Paul George did in the fourth quarter. The problem is that outburst from Paul George in the fourth quarter in a lot of people's minds wiped away the first three quarters from Baisley. Just completely washed it away. And whether that's fair or not, that's what's going to happen in this league. You're always going to remember and hang your hat on what happens in that fourth quarter. And Paul George showed why he's a superstar, showed why he was third MVP voting a few years ago, showed why uh, he is capable of carrying this Clippers team to the postseason by himself. As we saw that Clippers team, not a very talented team right now, not playing all that well right now, still banged up and everything, but still Paul George is capable of carrying them to at least a play-in uh, game. So Baisley played Paul George well for at least 70, 80% of that game, and then Paul George turned into a monster, which is kind of the, the, the thing that happens, right? He scores 15 points on 41% shooting, Three of eight from three, 37%. And again, the, the the threes, again, even as he's shooting that 37% mark from three, in general, that's a good spot for base to be in, is if he's hitting 37%, 38%, 37%, somewhere in that ballpark. That's a good spot for Baisley. The problem is the polarization of the shots. Like, some shots were just terrible. Just outright terrible. And you know that on this podcast, I have gone through and qualified every single shot, and I have tried to contextualize Darius Baisley's game other than just saying flatly he's bad because I don't find that to be very productive or entertaining or insightful or worth anyone's time. You can get that take on Twitter by 50,000 people, right? But there is no other way around Monday's you know, events that Baisley took some bad shots and, and airballed two or three of them, just flat out missed everything. So you have shots that look like that, but then you also have shots that fall. And when they do fall because they're set up and generated by the offense, you think, wow, that could be a nice part of Baisley's game if it ever develops. And so while Baisley's only 21 years old, this fan base has been around Baisley since before the pandemic, right? So to the fan base, it feels like much longer. It feels like a long, long time that they've been saying if, 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 if. And you've now gotten new shiny toys to say if about. If Josh Giddy pans out, if Pokashevsky pans out, if Trey Mann pans out, if, if, if for other players. You know, you're, you've kind of boxed Baisley into what he is at this point. And that could be right. It could be wrong. We don't really know yet. And I don't like Baisley shooting eight threes a night. I've been on this for 
two years now about how they're not using Baisley correctly, that he should not just be standing around in the offense. Now, as you watch this offense, it's putting Josh Giddy in great spots. It's putting JRE in good spots. It's putting SGA in good spots. It's putting every player in great positions other than Darius Baisley. And Marcus doing a much better job at getting Baisley in better spots this year than he did last year. But at this point, whenever we've now seen two seasons of the same issue, two seasons of everyone else is succeeding, everyone else is in a, is in a spot to succeed except for Baisley, it goes back to the question of, well, is Baisley hanging out at the three-point line and kind of checking himself out of play based on what Mark wants him to do or based on what he's doing on his own? And we're never going to truly answer that question. We just never will because Mark will never throw Baisley under the bus and Baisley will never answer that question, you know, kind of honestly, obviously. So we're just kind of stuck in this area of, well, 16 of the 17 guys are put in a spot to succeed. One of them isn't for two years under this head coach. Whose side do you pick on that? What's happening there? Is it just the Thunder are wanting him to develop that three-point shot and he's not, it's not coming along. And so in the Thunder's mind, they're going to keep putting him in that three-point, you know, generating three-point looks for him because that's the way that they envision using him. And if he cannot be used that way, then they simply don't want him. They simply don't want him long-term. I've been calling this a make-or-break season for basically since last year ended. So this can this is how the season breaks, right? This is that breaking portion of the make-or-break season for Darius Basley. He's going to get the rest of this year, so it's a little bit too premature to say bench him, never play him, cut him, blah, blah, blah. Right, we still have a long way to go. It's November 3rd, folks. But you saw good and you saw bad. And I think Baisley has potential to be a good NBA player. Right? The problem is he's not consistent. And consistency is the difference in the NBA. All these guys are talented. All these guys can play at this level. But if you don't have that consistency, that's the difference in being a quality NBA player and Hamadou Diallo, and Terrence Ferguson. One's out of the league, one's playing like six minutes a night for the Pistons. Because they never gain that, that consistency. They never gain that ability to duplicate good games. They'd have those flashy moments, they'd have those breakout games that you thought were breakout games, and then never build upon them. And so far, as much as I view Baze as a very tantalizing potential player, he has not built on any of those good games throughout his entire career. And eventually that has to happen. Now he still has more than 72 games to do that. We're only six games into the season, seven games into the season. But it needs to start happening pretty soon. We'll talk a little bit more about this and then get into the jerseys and to the Oklahoma City Blue uh, season preview all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, but our good friends over at McDonald's. McDonald's is a community center unofficially it is incredible it's proudly serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can reconnect a place where classmates can meet up in in a study group knowing that they'll have the dependable wi-fi and endless amounts of fries and mcflurries win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors and the home team or away team can come and recharge it's a place that always uh is a destination to stop at during long road trips to recharge and to rest your legs. You all remember going to McDonald's after little league games as a kid. It was always fun as a kid to go to McDonald's. Also, they have fantastic breakfast options like the sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, which is my go-to option at McDonald's. It is perfect 
a place to get tasty, affordable food, but also uh, has all those other benefits and features for you as well. So head out to your local McDonald's and fuel and recharge and possibly have a Lockdown Thunder watch party at McDonald's. But I'm loving it. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball, and we're talking about Darius Spacely. And again, polarizing player, yada, yada, yada. But my stance on Basley is he can be a good basketball player, and the difference in him being a good basketball player and a bad one is consistency. And to this point, he has not shown any form of consistency at all. And we're a long ways away from the bubble whenever he made kind of the, the biggest flash of his career. Where he played so well that I think if you go back and watch it series objectively and don't attach the heartstrings to it, Billy Donovan should have played Bayes at, at small ball five against the Rockets and not Steven Adams, and they would have likely won that series. So he's a long ways away from that. And I think that there's a lot that goes into it. Puts too much pressure on himself, maybe. I don't really know if he does or doesn't, but there's areas of his game where it looks like he's kind of forcing the issue instead of letting the game come to him. That could be part of it. We talked about how the offense just isn't beneficial towards him, whether that's a him problem or a Thunder problem or whatever it is, or a non-problem. Again, if the Thunder only view him as a guy that they want to spot up, shoot from three, and then use his athleticism secondarily and play good defense. If that's how they want to use him long-term, then they should put him in that spot that looks quote-unquote bad right now, but long-term could pay off. And if it doesn't pay off long-term, if, it, if he never grows as, the, as a three-point shooter in this time, then they know to cut bait with him because they don't want to use him any other way. That could be it too, right? There could be no fault here. It's just a matter of philosophy with how the Thunder want to use him. So there's all these different factors. But to level it out, to end the conversation, Bazley's not a terrible basketball player. He's a good basketball player, but he's not consistent. And that's where you make your bread and butter in this league. The seven turnovers last game was inexcusable. And, you know, would the Thunder have won had Lou Dort played and defended Paul George? Or even if they played Kendrick Williams more, probably they win that game? Maybe. Still tough to say, but they probably win that game if Lou Dort can defend Paul George down the stretch. If they play, even if they just play Kendrick Williams more later in that game, they probably win that game. But this is part of the growing pains. This is part of the kind of rebuild where you're trying to let Baisley develop into what you think he can be. And if he can't, oh, well, you move on in the offseason. But they're not going to move on any sooner sooner than that. But these are two really bad games after a really good game against the Lakers. Now, he'll have, he'll have another chance to play the Lakers tomorrow, and we'll see how Russell Westbrook and him get along on the court. We know Russell Westbrook can hold a grudge and, and can be a feisty player on the floor, and they'll be matched up with each other, especially if Ludor doesn't play and with how switchy the Thunder can get at times. We'll see how they how they go at it head-to-head. And so that could lead basically to press more and to not play well, or he might just play really well against the Lakers specifically. It's very discouraging, and I understand why fans are upset whenever you see what he can do against the Lakers and you saw what he did in the bubble and you can see what he does in certain situations, and then there's nights and stretches where he's bad. And sadly, for his sake, there's been more bad stretches than good stretches in his career. 
But the good stretches are really good. And the bad stretches are really bad. And he's never leveled off. And that's the difference in being an NBA player or not being an NBA player. That's the difference in this make-or-break season being a break season versus a make season. Hopefully, for his sake, he'll turn around. Again, the Thunder are going to give him opportunity. The Thunder are going to keep giving him chances. This is a season for Darius Baisley. So if you have any of these ideas of waving him or benching him or shutting him down, it's not really going to happen. It's not going to happen. So we'll see what they can do in the offseason. But when you look at this upcoming draft and you have three first-round picks, again, the Thunder get their own pick. If they fall in the lottery, they get the Suns pick as long as it's not top 12, and they get the Clippers pick unprotected. So they're going to have three first-round picks this year. You're going to have to move on from, from players, that players that you like. A lot of you love Moses Brown. Not very good. A lot of you loved Sue McKayluk and Hamadou Diallo. Gone, gone. Right now, it's going to be tougher decisions make, made, and Baisley will be one of those guys. If he does not turn the season around, he'll be one of those guys shuffled out as the Thunder continue to cycle through this roster and continue to try to improve it and use these first-round picks on young, on young players. He's in that group. He's in, he's on that cusp. He isn't, he's by no means solidified himself. And after the bubble period, a lot of us thought he would solidify himself as an NBA player. He hasn't taken that step. Last year was excusable. If this continues the way it has so far this year, it's not excusable. And you kind of just got to move on and, and cut your losses. Now on the plus column for Baisley, he is still 21 years old and he was thrown into two of the weirdest, awkwardest, worst off seasons of all time in NBA history to try to grow within. And he didn't have the structure, right? He didn't have the infrastructure to get better since high school. He goes the new balance route, which looking back, was that the best route for him? Only he can say that, but it, but it certainly was not an infrastructure like Jeremiah Robinson Earl had or Jalen Brunson had, or any of these other Villanova guys had, or even college players, just simple, simple college routines and playing in live games because you cannot simulate live games no matter what you do. I'm sure Baisley played a ton of pickup games at New Balance. I'm sure that he played with NBA players in those pickup games. I'm sure he had a great workout schedule, but there's nothing like simulating a live, true basketball game. He didn't have that for a year. And then he has this rookie year that gets shut down in the middle of the season for the pandemic, goes to the bubble, plays well, has another shortened off season, and then got hurt last year, no practices last year, just kind of lost in the shuffle there, comes back for his first true offseason this offseason, and we have not seen a significant improvement. That's where we're at with Baisley. And sometimes you don't get the breaks. And, and so far in his career, Baisley's not gotten the breaks. We'll see if he can turn it around. He'll have a ton of time to do it. But the Thunder released their city uniforms, which is going to be a white jersey, like a, just a kind of reminds me of the white, uh, you know, the white hot jerseys from the Heat. All white, vertical lettering, just like those old Navy jerseys were. On the waistband, they have the original Thunder logo, which was, of course, the 2008 Summer League logo whenever we didn't really know the logo yet or anything like that or anything about the team. Just the, the basketball at Oklahoma City written inside of it, which I think is one of their best logos of all time. So they should actually utilize that a little bit more, in my opinion. But nonetheless, it does not matter. But the big thing here is they'll wear these 14 times, and every home game that they wear on a Friday, so every Friday home game, 
will have a gray alternate court with that whiteout Thunder logo. Looks pretty sick. It looks pretty cool. Not going to lie. I am actually very interested in the gear that spins off of it. Not necessarily that buying jerseys. I'm not really a big jersey person, but there are some good like kind of city white hoodies and t-shirts and all that other stuff that look pretty good. So go get yourself some over there at the NBA shop. Coming up, we'll talk about the Oklahoma City Blue, and then tomorrow we'll preview the game against the Los Angeles Lakers. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious that's also something you can feel good about. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories. That's on the low end. Most Built Bars have only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go the raspberry Built Bar route instead of raspberry pie. Lots of great flavors to replace any pie, low carb, low calorie, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate on the outside. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go to BuiltBar.com to get a Built Bar or two. Share some of your favorite uh, gatherings uh, with us. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. You can make it less awkward. Break the ice with Aunt Betty and give her a Built Bar. New surprises all month long, including limited time only flavors at BuiltBar.com. So check the site often. There's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use code LOCK15. BuiltBar.com. LOCK15. 15% off of your next order. I'm going to you right now. Pretty good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one site for basketball and football action this season. Back and better than ever. New website interface for the start of basketball season. More prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. From basketball, football, and NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single day. Every single morning, we're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd has daily podcasts multiple times a day to get you set for your fantasy league so that way you know who to pick up, who to do all that good stuff with, who to trade, who to start, who to set, everything you need to know to win your fantasy leagues. But I do want to talk briefly right now about the Oklahoma City Blue. So the season starts for the Blue on November 5th. They play the G League Ignite team, which again will foster some incredible draft prospects like Jaden Hardy, like Michael Foster Jr. Uh, twice, both in Vegas at the G League Ignite Arena. But they do play them twice. In December, I believe that it starts on December 3rd, and they play again like December 5th, I believe, if I'm not mistaken on that. They do play twice in December. They have 13 or 14 doubleheaders in the Paycom Center. They'll be playing the same day that the Thunder play. The first time that that happens, I believe it's Sunday. So you can go watch both teams um, in the same day. That'll be pretty fun. And then here's the roster for you. There's some interesting names to dive into. We're only going to go over the kind of interesting names to, to watch for. Uh, Trey Mann, Vitt, Paul Watson Jr., and Riggins. 
They're all there. And of course, all a part of the Thunder. Uh, of course, Wiggins and uh, Watson Jr. are on the two-way deals. Vit and Trey Mann are on NBA deals, but they're both assigned to the blue to get more run there. Jalen Horde, who you're going to remember from last year, he's also at the blue. And then we had the run of training camp invites in DJ Wilson, Xavier Simpson there, Scotty Hopson, Rob Edwards, Movin, uh, Movin Frazier Jr., Olivia, uh, Olivia Saar, and then Michael uh, Jibby is also down there as well. And then some local products, Anthony Roberson and Lindy Walt Waters Third from UCO and Oklahoma State, respectively. And Mark has hinted at sending more players down to the blue, such as Isaiah Roby, Ty Jerome, Tim Aldon, Alexei Pokoshevsky. So the blue, it's clear, will be used as a tool to develop. As this season's all about developing, it's all about you know, putting players in better spots to succeed and to grow within their game. It's clear that the Thunder want to use the blue and shuffle players back and forth. And those day-night doubleheaders is an area you're going to see them exploit. Not to play guys in both games where they're playing for the blue and the thunder the same day, but for example, Isaiah Roby. He is the, he is on the thunder. He's a thunder player, but if he doesn't play on this West Coast road, West Coast road swing, that's a tough one, if he doesn't play at all, this West Coast road swing, on Friday, you might see him get sent down to the blue just to play and just to play basketball. Or on Sunday, you might see him get sent down to the blue, play basketball, and then come back up and rejoin the team. That way he's on the sidelines and he's interacting with the team and he's part of the team. He was never really sent away from the team, but he did get to play basketball. Or otherwise, he might not have gotten that chance to play basketball uh, in this season with the rotation that it is right now. So it's clear that Mark and the Thunder believe in sending players down there and getting them extra work and allowing them to kind of continue their player development and putting them in different spots. Again, with Trey Mann. I know we'd all love to watch Trey Mann in Oklahoma City right now with the Thunder. The reason with the, with the Blue is that instead of getting 10 or 12 or 13 NBA minutes, he can get 20 or 25 G League minutes where he is the guy. He's the creator. He's the shot creator, facilitator, working on the step back threes, doing all the fun stuff while also working on his defense. Whereas with the NBA, even in those 15 minutes, there's not very many laps where he's going to be the go-to guy, where he's going to be the go-to scorer, the bucket getter, the facilitator, the offensive leader. There's not many opportunities to put him in that spot in the NBA. We can put him in that spot from the word go in the G League and have him run that spot all you know, his whole career in the G League. Right? Like He's always going to be the bucket getter on this, on this blue team. And then it's fun watching Aaron Wiggins play. Aaron Wiggins stole the heart of many Thunder players and many Thunder fans uh, during summer league and during the preseason. And so it's going to be fun to watch him play. Paul Watson Jr. is interesting. It doesn't really fit, right? Like he's 26 years old already. He has kind of this NBA career already, but for some reason the Thunder did sign him to a two-way deal. And so that shows that Sam Presti and them believe in him. The Thunder do not waste these two-way contracts. They do not waste, um, you know, handing them out. They actually value them and look to convert them often. So they obviously see something with, with Paul Watson Jr. He can be a nice 3 and D player in this league. That'll be fun to watch for. Vit will get his first true run and his first true minutes where he's not just shaking the rust off. He's actually playing basketball. That'll be a lot of fun to watch as a lot of you are very excited about his progression development. DJ Wilson, fun little center that was in the uh, training camp period. Jalen Horde, of course, we know what he's about. And then the local standouts, Lindy Waters the third was a fun sharp shooter for Oklahoma State. Uh, and then the UCO product. Scotty Hobson, 
I mean, he was at Tennessee whenever I was in elementary school. So he's an old guy, but he is still fun to watch play basketball. One of my favorite players from Tennessee. So that's what I look forward to. It's a nice practical on the floor. And I'd really recommend a fun day of basketball to go out to those double headers and go watch the blue in the afternoon, in the morning, take a break, go to dinner, go to lunch, whatever, come back to the pick center and play and watch the Thunder play an NBA game. Ton of fun for you and the whole family. I'm sure that they have some of those over Christmas break. I can double check that and get that for you tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure they have some over Christmas break. So you can go do that as well as a kind of fun family adventure, but make sure right now you go on an adventure to your phone and subscribe to Lockdown Thunder for free across all platforms, including on YouTube and follow me on Twitter at R- underscore styles at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. So until tomorrow, whenever we preview this Lakers game, be good and be good to one another.